you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Good morning, football! Second half of the regular season kicks off with an AFC showdown on Thursday night. Football. The New York Jets want to make their presence known in primetime. Mike Bleepin White. But the Colts looking to make a move in the AFC South. They're trying to stay alive. Jets Colts tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network on Fox and streaming on Prime Video. Welcome to our breakfast table. Get on in here. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. It is Wednesday, November 3rd. My name is Kay. Shriggs is giving the choo-choo. Let's go. Beep, beep. We've got three-time Pro Bowl cornerback, D'Angelo Hall. High roller. What's going on? Yeah, high roller. Time for Lee Block. Lee Block. Let's do it. Week 9 kicks off tomorrow. I can't wait. Jets and Colts, you know, our very own Kim Jones has everything covered ahead of this big-time Thursday night football matchup. Good morning, Kay. If anyone's wondering how the New York Jets are feeling after their big win Sunday over the Bengals, consider this. Defensive lineman Sheldon Rankin says, we can play with anyone in the league. Well, I asked Robert Sala if that kind of confidence is particularly helpful when you're facing a Thursday night game on the road in a short week. It's a lot easier to go into a Thursday game after after a win than it is a loss. But at the same time, the the turnaround there's no the good thing is there's no time to to celebrate. There's you've you've got to get back to your body. You've got to get back to your health. You got to hydrate. You got to regen. You got to study, um, and you got to attack the week uh, the best you can because it is a very very quick turnaround. Sala also complimented the Colts, calling them a playoff caliber team, no matter what the record shows. He also singled out Carson Wentz and what he called a nasty offensive line. Here's another plus for the rest of us. We get to see Mike White at quarterback for the Jets again on Thursday. Okay? Oh, snap, Kim, Mike White. Here we go. We are now we're talking. The Mike White show. Yeah, New York Post especially excited, giving us the White Lightning back cover this week, stirring up a little controversy with look at Zach. Uh-oh. In the bottom corner. Mm. 
Oh man, this is gonna get interesting if Mike White looks the same two weeks in a row, especially under the bright lights of Thursday Night Football and the national audience. There's a lot of hype here mm -hmm. in New York surrounding this character. Are the Jets fans too excited for Mike White? I think they're not excited enough. Let's do this thing here. And never mind the Jets fans. Let's talk about us. Okay. This is our sixth season as a Good Morning Football program covering the New York Jets, who are right down the street. And the best we've ever had is one 7-9 Adam Gase season. It's been terrible. We've not had the fun with it. So we're excited about Mike White. And listen, what's fun about this is Jets fans are probably the most self-loathing in the NFL, if not all of sports. And when it's bad, it's the worst thing ever. But man, when it's good, it gets good <laughs> fast. Trust me, if they beat the Colts, we're at three and five, and there's a path to nine and eight. Like, there is a whole uh, Mike White playoff run in front of us. Oh boy. It is really, really fun to watch because the Jets fans are this, like, guy down on their luck, and they're so bad, and you, they got on a nice date with someone. What a good night for you. You have an Italian restaurant. But the problem is, like, when the dessert comes on the first date, they're like, well, I have a little question to ask you. And they, like, propose <laughs> marriage on yeah. the first date right there. And they get down, they got a ring, and the person's like, oh, my God. So it's a lot. But um, is this going to end terribly? Probably. But uh, I don't even want to indulge that right now. I just love the idea. Even alone, the New York Post headline yeah. ability. Like, we have the White Knight. Met Life is the White House. If, if they lose, it's the White Flag. If he leaps for a touchdown, it's White Men Can Jump. If it's close, <laughs> it's a White Knuckler. Like, we can run with this for weeks, D'Angelo, so should, yes. Should they be reaching out the Jets to the best sculptors in New York to make a statue about it. of Mike White to put outside of Met Life yet? Should I they be in negotiations? Great, I'm sure there's some great sculptors. There's, there's, there's the whole, the, the Met and all these museums this is the center of art, so I think we should sculpt something. It should probably be nude, like the David, and I'm into it. <laughs> hey, look, when I first saw Mike White was going to start, I, I immediately was like, oh, the Jets going to get blown out. And then when I saw him on the football field, he made some really big-time <laughs> throws. Um, but I would say pump your brakes just a little How bit. How dare you? Um, <laughs> for the simple fact, this is a long season. And, yes, anybody can go out there and light it up one week in a row. But I do want to show some numbers real quick okay. of what Zach Wilson has done and what Mike White was able to do. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I totally get it. You know, if you're a Jets fan, I get why you're hyped. You know, you got the number two pick, 13 points a game, you know, 200 passing yards, five total touchdowns, or five passing touchdowns. And then in one game, Mike White goes out there, and, I mean, the team really rallies behind yeah. him, 34 points that team scored. And I thought the Bengals' defense was legit. No doubt. And so for him to go out there and make some of those type of throws, I mean, it was very impressive. But I need to see a little bit more. Mm. But I would say this. If Zach Wilson is not 100% healthy, I wouldn't try to put him out there on the football mm -hmm. field. I never thought that Zach Wilson totally. from day one was going to be a immediate impact player. Just because I felt like the level of competition, you know, at BYU was just a little bit... Compromised. Yes. Yeah. Not, obviously, you know, the National Football League. Right. And so, you know, I, I want to make sure he has the right opportunity to be successful. And that means not scarring him too much. And you can tell a little bit. I felt like he was a little bit scarred out here early on. Sure. Um, but Mike White, I mean, wow. He looked very impressive. I want you guys to set it, uh, step into my office here. I'm going to be... Uh, Jet psychologist for a second here. This is the Jets fan ethos, okay? Giants have these Super Bowl rings and Giants have this arrogance. We play in the giant stadium for years. Yep. The Giants, this blue and the, the Giants. So Jets are like the little scrappy guy in the market, right? Mm -hmm. Always punching up and always like, we're gonna fight you. All right, we got Rex Ryan, we got Herm Edwards, we're gonna. 
Zach Wilson is this is this is lovely young man who is a number two overall pick. Mike White. Okay. Mike White is a discarded fifth round pick of the Cowboys who they didn't want, who's been battling. Yeah. He's been on the practice squads. He's been here, he's been there. He's a guy who had to transfer from one school to okay. go to Western Kentucky. And Mike White has fought for every single thing he's ever been a part of. <laughs> and Mike White finally got his opportunity on the Great White Way, New York City, in front of everybody. And he upsets the Bengals like, it is very easy for a Jets fan to look at Mike White and say, Mike White is me. Yeah. Mike White is us. Oh my like, God. We are I grew me. up with Mike White. I know Mike White. That is my I years. I am Mike White. Yeah. 50 years of being a Jets fan. I am Mike White. When they look at Zach Wilson, that's they don't not, say that's I not me. I don't know that guy. I don't know that kid. That yeah. kid has had a charmed life. Yeah. With Beautiful kid. Beautiful, gorgeous, blonde hair and blue eyes and the golden arm. Mike White is a fighter. Yeah. Mike White is a Jets fan. And that's why they're so excited. Right. Should we, but are they too excited? Should we be sort of shielding them? from what White come, which is eventual. I mean, it was a one-game wonder. Great. He led the entire league in passing going into Monday Night Football. But should we shield them or let them be excited? I say they get to have so little fun. Let mm -hmm. them do what they want. Yeah. Even if it's like Minshew Mania for a minute. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. enjoy the ride a little bit. And then I start thinking, I'm like, man, are they going to get bummed out if Mike White is that dude? And mm -hmm. then it wasn't their number, you know, their mm -hmm. high premium number two overall pick. But I don't think so. I think it's like, as long as we've been waiting for somebody since Joe Namath, as long as somebody emerges from the pile, I'm good, right? No doubt. And it's it's fun to be seduced by the fairy tale. Yeah. I think you start to think like, maybe this is our Tom Brady. Maybe this is our Dak Prescott. Like this guy that we just found who just has it. And maybe Zach Wilson is going to be Bledsoe and we'll wish him well, but like we found a guy yeah. who no one else knew was there and it's Mike White. And I grew up with that guy and I've been White. in fights with that guy What's and I've that? had pizza with that guy and I like that guy. And then Shregs, quickly. <laughs> then of course, if it eventually happens and he is really that good and they have part ways with one of them, the best part of the ethos and the psychology of the Jets fan is that they'll be paranoid and worried that yes. the one that they get rid of Zach and depart from was actually the right choice. So it's always a mess, and we're here for it. Be excited. It's a beautiful Jets mess. Fans. Beautiful matter. mess. We love it. Thursday night. Ian Rappaport joining us. Yes, Colts, Jets, Thursday Night Football. But we have some breaking news uh, to get to. We've got, of course, lots of things to cover. We'll get to the Saints and Michael Thomas. We'll get to the trade deadline and the aftermath. But some really horrendous news out of Las Vegas overnight. What's the latest with that uh, absolutely avo avoidable and tragic situation with Henry Ruggs? Henry Ruggs K is now a former Raiders receiver in the wee hours of the morning. The Las Vegas Raiders released Ruggs, so he is now no longer a member of their team. He's going to go through waivers, although I, that's not going to matter. No one is going to claim him, so he is now going to be a free agent facing far different future than anything that has to do with football. He was booked into Clark County Detention Center yesterday afternoon on a charge of DUI resulting in death, also reckless driving. No bail until he sees a judge. He should have his first court appearance today. Now, this is all uh, from a DUI charge resulting in death from a collision at 3.39 in the morning in Vegas. Uh, he remained on the scene and did show signs of impairment. According to the police, they are awaiting a toxicology report. And as far as his future, his lawyers asked all of us to wait until there is an investigation to make a judgment. The Raiders clearly did not. But here's what's interesting as it pertains to the future of Henry Ruggs. Probation is not an option in Nevada for a conviction. And he has obviously not been convicted for a conviction of DUI resulting in death. This carries a possible sentence of 2 to 20 years for Henry Ruggs. Senseless. Uh, thank you so much for the updates there. He was having a good year leading the Raiders with 469 receiving yards already, more than he had all of last season. We appreciate the updates.
Good Morning Football is presented by Old Trapper. What's your beef? It's time for another edition of What's My Beef, presented by Old Trapper. Guys, we do this on Wednesday, and as we head towards week nine, my beef is with those of us who underestimate Hall of Fame head coaches. The Hall of Fame is a contentious topic always, especially when you mention head coaches. At some point, no matter what, when you bring up a head coach's name and you try making the case, you find yourself in some argument with someone who mentions Chuck Knox or Weeb Eubank or Tom Coughlin, and you end up losing your voice and you never want to bring the topic up again. But... I will say there are four different head coaches who I believe have at the very least strong Hall of Fame candidacies who are in very similar situations right now. And each one of them is digging themselves out of holes. And I love it. Let's start with the greatest coach to ever do the darn thing, the man in the hood up in Foxborough, Bill Belichick. Less than three weeks ago, Patriots fell to the Cowboys. They were two and four. They hadn't won a home game. They were read their last rights. (laughs) Why would anyone ever doubt Bill Belichick? The Patriots have now rattled off two straight victories. They're four and four. They're tied for the final spot in the AFC playoff picture, and they suddenly have a very manageable schedule from here on out. They've gotten better every week as a team, and on Sunday in Los Angeles, they handled their business in such a way that the rest of the league, like, just giving a collective sigh, knowing that we had these guys dead and buried in October, and two weeks later, they're very well alive. Here come the Patriots. Here comes Belichick. Don't ever count out a Hall of Fame coach. About Mike Tomlin, he's got a Hall of Fame case. Master maestro of motivation, of us against the world attitude. This season may be his magic flute. The Steelers were one in three, they were written off, and they were already discussed as an eliminated team with an aging quarterback and a tired brand. They've since rattled off three straight wins, they catapulted the Browns in the standings with their win last week, and looking like a Steelers team of like yesteryear that they have pride in. Offense, ferocious running game. Defense, shuts the door. The lesson, don't count out a Hall of Fame Mm. coach. That's Mike Tomlin, 15 years. Guys never had a losing season once. You thought in September where it was time to cross off the Steelers? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. All right, how about Sean Payton? He's got an argument for Canton too. What else can you say about what they're doing in New Orleans this year? No Drew Brees, no problem. No Mike Thomas, no problem. No Jameis Winston, no problem. Saints are five and two, and they currently have the tiebreaker over Tom Brady and the world champion Buccaneers. This was supposed to be the step back year, the regression year, the rebuild year. Not to Sean Payton. He never said that in the offseason. The Saints never said that in the offseason. And they're getting contributions from everyone from Trevor Simeon to Alex Arma Jr. to Kevin White. (laughs) Your face. And guess what? They're winning all these games. Sean Payton, Hall of Fame coach. Why do we doubt Sean Payton? And last but not least, because this one hasn't really happened yet, but it's coming, guys. The oldest head coach in the league, the guy up in Seattle, Pete Carroll. The Seahawks, they have not started their how-do-you-like-me-now push just yet like those other teams. But it's coming. Trust me, it's coming. Last week's 31-7 win over Jacksonville hasn't gotten much run on our show or anywhere. But this tweet has. That was the pin that was in Russell Wilson's body. That pin is no longer there. He could be back as soon as next week. And if you take a look at the current NFC playoff picture, just when you should have buried the the Seahawks and you should have put them away, the mediocrity of the NFC took hold and no one did it. Vikings, three and four. Niners, three. Are the Seahawks not the best team in that column if you have Russell Wilson? And who's in the wild card spot now? The Panthers. Are you really convinced the Panthers are going to go red hot and bury the Seahawks? Mm -hmm. No, they're just one game out of the playoffs. 
They get Russell Wilson back, and you know what's going to happen in November and December? They're going to rattle off a bunch of wins. Guys, Pete Carroll's <laughs> guys never quit. They haven't quit yet. And all four of those coaches, they have Hall of Fame credentials, and all four of those coaches were counted out by someone at some point, either in the offseason or early on this year, and they were all right back in the thick of it. My beef is for with all of us to not think about not who's on the field, who's coaching these teams. Mm -hmm. So D'Angelo Hall, as a player who has played for many a head coach in your day, of all of these coaches oh, and all of these teams, like which one intrigues you the most? I like them all. Um... But obviously, if Russell Wilson is back in the fold for the Seattle Seahawks, they are a different football team. Um, they are a scary football team. And like you said, no one's running away with it. And so if they're right there toward the end and Russ gets back with these mm -hmm. guys, they got that's a scary football team. So I kind of like Seattle. I like okay. Pete Carroll and, and the Seahawks. I think to add to your beef, if I can just put beef yeah. on beef, we mm -hmm. need to, there's this Double. thing that we have to do, Shregs, where we have to fight normalizing some of these little nuggets that we use. And we're on the show, we're on the air three hours a day. Talk a things lot. like things like Sean Payton's eight and one without his Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees. That's not like a cute little nugget. That is a testament to Pete Carroll didn't get it done without Russell Wilson out there. You like that's a testament. Or my four, 14 years, Mike Tomlin with the Steelers? 15. Yeah. 15 now? 15. Yeah. Never had a losing record. That's not yes, like easy to away. do, and it's yeah. like he's never had a losing record with the Steelers. That is a testament to hard work and never giving up on your team. And by the way, even just being with the same squad, Kyle, for that long and keeping these guys motivated is such a key that we should not yes. overlook. You're right. Yes. Coming up, though, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Are they going against Rodgers? Oh, yeah. Can Casey's problem be fixed? We're going to decide how do you fix the Chiefs with a little Mahomes cooking. <laughs> Good morning, football. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, football! 
That's right, we get a chance to see overnight sensation Mike White take on Carson Wentz and the Colts. It's tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Welcome to GMFB. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We are live in New York City. My name is Kay Adams. We've got D'Angelo Hall at the breakfast table, our high roller, and two dudes fighting over who's going to wear a lobster costume. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Schrager. We'll rehash that. Catch yeah, the video. Yeah. we got to get to some news here, guys. Rap Sheet joining us. Our NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport to kick off the hour. The trade deadline came... And it went, my friend. One big trade did not happen. There were a couple of significant moves, uh, though, for the Chiefs and the Rams, respectively. Give us the details on what went down. Deshaun Watson, of course, is what I'm talking about as he stays with the Houston Texans. Yeah, no doubt. The biggest news is that Deshaun Watson is still a member of the Texans. Still not expected to play. Still expected to be inactive, but still officially a member. And it's not for lack of trying. The Miami Dolphins and the Texans were engaged really for the last several days and the last several weeks and the last several months and a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. But from what I understand, it was not an issue of compensation. The compensation was going to be fine. It was going to be three ones. It was going to be a lot. No one had any questions there. Deshaun Watson not settling his cases. And of course, 22 civil lawsuits. Him not settling his cases led to him not being traded. And owner Stephen Ross from the Miami Dolphins did in fact receive permission to speak to Deshaun Watson, but only on Monday night, just really not enough time to firmly and finalize this very complicated trade. Meanwhile, we did have a couple moves, including Melvin Ingram, the pass rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who signed there in the offseason, was obviously a, a trade target for several teams. He ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs, so they bolster their pass rush, end up giving up just a six-round pick. We'll see what he ends up doing down the stretch. And then Deshaun Jackson, not a trade, although the Rams and the Speedster did try to work out something where they would get some sort of compensation back and send him somewhere. It did not happen, so the two sides are parting ways. That is going to be official today, and he will be available on waivers tomorrow. Appreciate the updates all around. Ian Rappaport, talk to you throughout the morning here. Let's talk Melvin Ingram. He's got a new team. He's got the Chiefs. They got back to 500 on Monday night. It wasn't super confidence-giving as a win, but it was a win against the Giants. Their next three, starting with the Packers this Sunday, all against first-place teams. Rough stretch for sure for this team trying to make it to their third straight Super Bowl. Four and four isn't exactly the standard that we've put upon them, that they've put upon themselves out in Kansas City. I said this yesterday, D'Angelo, in talking to people there and looking and reading and everything I can take in, it's like head scratching, hair pulling. What is the problem? How would you fix the Chiefs? I don't know if there's an answer. Yeah, and I don't know if I have the right answer, <laughs> but I'd say they're starting in the right direction. Okay. When you bring a guy like Melvin Ingram into your building, he gives you instant pass rush. Now, he wasn't quite what I think the Pittsburgh Steelers were looking for, but I think if you compare him you know, with Chris Jones, uh, Frank Clark on the other side, and you have another guy on the other side of him, which would be Melvin Ingram, I think it helps that defense a little bit. I mean, every DB knows if we can't cover guys, let's get some pressure on this quarterback. And so if you can get pressure on the quarterback, I think that's part of it. I think that'll help this defense. But turnovers have been a big issue. And so, you know, some un uncharacteristic turnovers, you know, mm -hmm. with tips and things like that, that just freaky plays in football that happen. So, you know, I think this... Kansas City offense will be okay. Patrick Mahomes needs to understand and learn when he's lost a play. I think he tries a little bit too hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. He needs to learn how to give up on a play instead of trying to continue to make that play. One that pops in my head is Washington. Uh -huh. Bad snap. He picks it up and, you know, he just throws it up in the air and 
I mean, I love to play against a guy who's going to give me opportunities like that. And you just haven't seen that from Patrick Mahomes in the past. So he needs to do better with that. But I think getting Melvin Ingram on this defense will help this football team in the long run. They've been riding high for three straight years. And it's like this unstoppable team, this locomotive. And now they're hitting this dip where it's adversity. And I think you could tell when it's adversity when you win and still the question is, how do you fix this team? Mm -hmm. Like, they won on yeah. Monday night. But it was so ugly, and it was so, how would you say it? Like, I felt they were very fortunate to get out of that. And that was a home game where they were favored by 11 points, and they end up just sneaking by a rudderless Giants team who had to have all those penalties. I think it's time to now look up and down the roster, say everyone is at, I think the coaching staff needs to look at the, each other and say, okay, like, this is why we earned the money. The, the, the stuff the last few years has been fine. We've been riding high. I'm looking at the enemy, actually, because huh. now it's like, hey, I still want to be a head coach. Wouldn't I make a stamp of things if we could fix this thing and we can get this thing back on track midseason? I think there needs to be a lot of internal conversations with the coaching staff because how do you inspire the guys? It's the same players. Like, it's still Hill. It's still Mahomes. It's still Kelsey. It's mostly the same guys. On offense, I know it's a new offensive line, but yeah. how do you get guys who have already been to the mountaintop and won at the mountaintop and are now on the descent to get back up? How do you re-motivate? How do you? I think a lot of that stuff is psychological. I think a lot of that stuff is motivational. I think a lot of that stuff comes from a coaching staff that can find a way to tap into something. So instead of just throwing your hands up and saying, "All right, well, we're probably going to be nine and eight, and we'll make the playoffs, or we won't make the playoffs," and mm -hmm. how about? Let's get hot, let's beat the Packers, let's go on a run, and let's go. I don't know if these players have tuned out to that stuff from the same coach, but like, they haven't felt that dip in the production and people doubting them in three years. Now is where you earn your bucks as a coach. Now is where you earn your, your, you know, the rewards. And now, more than last year and the years before, I think Eric Bieniemy could say, hey, look what I did to this offense that mm -hmm. was dead. Huh. We revitalized it. That's why I belong in one of the 32 conversations. That's great. To talk about the Chiefs in this way, you have to do things that feel like football blasphemy, meaning you have to talk about Eric Bieniemy. Maybe he needs to do some things differently. You can go down the line. Andy Reid, this team doesn't look ready to play on a given day. Brett Veach, this roster looks flat. Um, Travis Kelsey looks old and slow. Tyron Matthew, every highlight that he's in is the other team's long touchdown pass, throwing your hands up and yelling. And Patrick Mahomes, like, I think the answer is actually kind of simple in a football sense. Like, D'Angelo, you were kind of on it. Like, stop turning the ball over. Stop. Cut it in half, and you guys will win. They just, they lead the league in giveaways. That's ridiculous. There's 32 teams. Several of them are quarterbacked by neophyte rookies who don't even know what they're doing out there. And these guys have more turnovers than those teams? It's not right. And it's not just interceptions and tips. It's like... Do they have to do the thing where they patronize their players and say, you're going to take this football, you're going to carry it around all day, and if you drop it, you're going to do push-ups? They can't stop fumbling. And Mahomes, like, I never want to take the magic from Mahomes. You want Mahomes to do the sidearm stuff. You want him to throw late across the That's why the hell we're even talking about this. But it's gone beyond that. Like, it's full drunk. It's like, you might as well be throwing it backwards into double coverage. It's crazy. And I don't know if because he's believing his own power or just thinking that he's uh, infallible, but he is. They turn it over way too much. If they turn it over twice, just twice against the Packers, they're going to lose by three touchdowns because their defense is so bad they can't afford it. So uh, down the line, like this is when you're four and four and you have beaten nobody. I mean, nobody. It's everybody. And it feels like blasphemous to call out these guys, mm -hmm. but the team is not good. And it's the Packers this week. We've talked yeah. about it a lot. It's tough because it just comes down to speculation. Like you guys have all talked and made eloquent points, but there's not... 
talent-wise, it's almost inexplicable from a football standpoint how this is happening and how they aren't successful. Because you can say Travis Kelsey looks old, but he's still one of the best, if not the best, at his position. So is this a, we won the Super Bowl, their stars got... Then you, I'm going to start speculating, and I don't want to go behind the scenes, but to me, Kyle, it's, it doesn't look like a football thing. It looks like something else. It mm-hmm. looks like... I don't know. I don't, I'm not a sports psychologist. I'm not Dr. Sharon no, Fieldstone from Ted Lasso. But like, there's that, that exists where, yeah. and you're looking at the guys you're naming are making plays. Who is the veterans? Mm-hmm. It's Travis Kelsey. It's mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. It's Patrick Mahomes, who's been mm-hmm. there a long time. The young guys are kind of bringing it. So, yes. is it uh, they're trying to switch it up, motivate them differently, and they're like, we want a Super Bowl like this. Why are you trying? Like, I I can only speculate. But I also haven't seen anybody come out and like, has anybody said anything about Patrick the only Mahomes? Thing has is anybody that- come out and like in his defense of what's how he's played first? I don't know. I haven't seen it. They, they, There's something it. going on. There's definitely something he going on. He mentioned it, Mahomes, in his press conference on Monday. He says what teams are doing is they're putting their safeties back 25 yards. Mm-hmm. And it's this two-safety deal that the Bucks employed, and now everyone's copying it. But now we're in week nine. And to your Just. point, what's going on upstairs for all these guys? 100%. What's the collective? Because like, that's football stuff. You could solve it. We could figure it out. We can adapt. We can figure out a too-high safety situation. But when the team comes out with no juice again that's the coaching on Monday Night Night Football— that's the coaching, don't you think? Or the leadership of the guys in the locker room. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. we doing here? Blow out the Giants. Well, look at, I mean, Tyron Matthews, you spoke about it yesterday. We haven't dug into it, but he's talking about Kansas City Chiefs and the fan base and the toxicity mm-hmm. that's involved. When you have your leader doing that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying I blame him. I don't know the ins and outs. But it's like they won the Super Bowl together, then they lost, and then guys get paid, and they kind of – or it's not even about the guys getting paid, but it's people getting pulled in different directions. Like, what's top of mind for different players? With, yeah. But – Ultimately, coaches have to bring that in because the same crap is happening every week. My fear is that they're the Seahawks of last decade, where the Seahawks won early, got to the mountaintop, and everyone's like, they're going to be back, they're going to be back, they're going to be back. They never got back. Mm -hmm. Ever since they lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady, they never were back. They never back. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if they do start clicking again, watch out. Don't look now, NFC. The Saints are 5-2. Ian Rappaport joining us right now. Their superstar wide receiver, Michael Thomas, hasn't been part of the equation, not part of the success. What is the latest with Mr. Can't Guard Mike down in New Orleans? My understanding, Kay, is that Michael Thomas, the Saints star receiver, who's been on the PUP list as of now and through the, basically, uh, right now from the entire season, uh, he is dealing with a new and separate ankle injury. Remember, he had ankle surgery this spring that put him on the sidelines through the beginning of the season. He now has a new issue, and I'm told in the last couple days he saw a specialist to try to ascertain when is he going to be back and what issues in fact need to be fixed. I talked to a source informed of this situation about when he is going to be able to be back. I was told it is unpredictable. So if you were wondering why the Saints behind the scenes tried to trade for a receiver yesterday while they talked to several teams about a potential deal that never ended up happening, this is why, because we do not know when Saints receiver Michael Thomas is going to be able to be on the field because of a new issue in his ankle. And I have faith that they did their due diligence looking at wide receiver options to add to their receiving core before the trade deadline. Uh, no fits, no moves made by Sean Payton and company. Thank you so much, Ian. He was asked about how he felt about his quarterback room as well after losing Jameis Winston for the season with that ACL injury. Payton said he feels comfortable with the players they have in-house, and it really did look that way. A lot of trust in Trevor Simeon. It wasn't, didn't baby him. He let him ride and let him loose. So look at the NFC playoff picture as it stands right now. I'm very comfortable saying that the Saints are absolutely 
likely going to make the playoffs, even without Jameis Winston. Do you guys think they have enough to make a trip to the postseason, uh, especially given Michael Thomas is in the air, but we weren't really counting on Michael Thomas anyway? Well, it's not going to be easy. We were kind of awaiting that re- the, re- the return of Michael Thomas. Thought it might be a boost. It's kind of a deflating report. But it's like, in a way, I am confident because it's not even about the Saints, really. It's, it's, it's about the Panthers and the 49ers and Reach. the Vikings. Like, I don't think the Saints <laughs> are going to be great. I don't know if they have to be. Who's going to go get them? You know, Peter got us fired up earlier in the show about maybe the return of Russell Wilson will be like, the Seahawks will come running. Maybe. I don't have a ton of faith in the Sam Darnold Panthers, the Kirk Cousins Vikings. I think I have more in the Taysom Hill Saints or the somebody off the street Saints. Trevor Simeon. Maybe. Look, the Simeon thing I'm trying to get to, too, the the way I work it is both Mike White and Trevor Simeon can't work out. Like, one of them is probably (laughs) going to falter. It's just the way football is. Stop it. It says, I'm all in on Mike White. I'm a little bit less bullish on Trevor Simeon, but I don't care because I don't see other teams going to get them. It's a tough hand that he's been dealt, but again, any of those teams scare you right now? Not really. Why can't we have Mike White and Trevor Simeon? We once had a Nick Foles, Case Keenum, NFC Championship game. We could have that. <laughs> we could figure that out. That's true. It's interesting because the Saints have changed their identity. They're not this high-flying offensive team. Their dogs are on defense. Like, this team is now the the defensive team you don't want to face. And they've always had a good defense, but I watch these games. It's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go up against Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and and Gardner Johnson and Marshawn Ladmore. It's their defense that scares me so much. And their defense is healthy. Their defense just got guys back. David Ominata came back and Davenport's back on the field. The offense stuff, the Mike Thomas stuff, like, they're learning how to cope with that. They absolutely can keep going as long as they get competent play from the offense. They're not going to rely on their high fly. They had Kevin White as the, you know, Marquez Callaway as their number one and two receiver last week, and they beat the Buccaneers because of the defense. So yeah. I think it's just a different way we have to look at this team that Sean Payton can unleash the offensive firepower when he's got the players to do it. But if they don't, the defense has stepped up. Dennis Allen and his defense is really the, mm-hmm. the leading force of this team, That's not cool. the quarterback or the running. And back. I was waiting for you to throw his name out there, Shrakes. Dennis got? Allen. Dude was one of my DB coaches in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, just a great guy. And he's he's been in, in, in the league a long time. He's been a coordinator. He's been a head coach. But he was a player. Didn't play in the league, but he played at Texas A&M, former DB. I mean, he just understands what it's like to get those guys on the back end motivated and juiced up. And, I mean, they play that way. And you're absolutely right. Both of you guys are absolutely right. That defense is carrying them right now. Trevor Simeon is doing his thing right now. Um, I think he'll continue to grow. Learning behind Peyton Manning and taking some of those bumps and bruises along the way, I think, has made him a little bit of a better quarterback than I think people give him credit for. Um, But I feel good about Sean Payton and his game plan. When Taysom Hill gets back healthy and he's incorporated back into this offense, that's a wrinkle, that's an X factor that can really break this game open. I love what the Saints are doing. A big part of this, like you said, uh, uh, Kyle, is their schedule and the other teams around them. They're 5-2 right now. The next team that's trying to catch them is is, is Carolina's th- uh, four and four, and then you got a bunch of three and four teams, right? That that Minnesota, that San Francisco. Uh-huh. The reason we still think Seattle has a chance at three and five is because uh-huh. we know Russ will be inserted back in there. So. Uh-huh. Yes, it has to do with the Saints. I think Sean Payton and that staff are a really good staff at putting their players in position yeah. to make plays. No. But some of it, too, is all all that's happening around them. I think they're just mosey right on in the playoffs. Mm. I do. You don't seriously <laughs> think just Mike White 
is in a better situation or will be better than whoever's the quarterback for the Saints, right? We're talking coaching. We're talking Alvin Kamara. We're talking top five defense. Yeah. I think I'm injecting some levity. Okay? I'm saying, like, I just <laughs> yes. want to make sure that that's clear. I will say this. I will say I would not be surprised if they add depth along the way when they get into the playoffs. If you look at what – they can go 5-5 five and five the rest of the way and then the NFC weasel their way into the playoff picture. Yeah. It's what happens then. Then is Trevor Simeon or a combo of Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill enough – to compete once you get into it. Because if you look at what Jameis Winston was doing, the talent level, the physicality, the the God-given gifts that he has, those obviously exceed what they have left. But if you look at what he was doing while he was the quarterback, he was managing games. Yeah. He was playing very conservatively, almost too conservatively, at least from where I'm sitting. And he was, I mean, he wasn't turning the ball over. He was getting wins, 14 touchdowns, just three interceptions, but he was averaging under 170 passing yards a game. I think they can absolutely replicate that with Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill. But... It's what happens yeah, then. Yeah, when they get in. Is Trevor the guy, or do they then, or is it Phillip Rivers, or is it like, let's go find hey, him? I, got him. I, I have the Saints finishing 7-3, which would give them, what, what's, what's that, 12-5. 12-5. And five. And five. Yeah. Now, can, even if they yeah. finish 5-5 five and 10-7, five they, and five and they still get in. They You're absolutely right. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. Nick Mangold on the program, The Long Show, just ahead. Week 8 is officially over. Time to figure out who's going in your fantasy lineups for Week 9. Here to answer all your questions with some which got ones that you guys tweet us every week. You're still in it. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. And this is where it's go time in fantasy These football. These are tough. These are questions that we've looked at, and they're tough. Michael writes to this here, Ken. Mm. Okay. I'm on the fence between Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz, two AFC South quarterbacks. He says, I know you feel my pain, Kay, because you also have Tannehill. Please help. I do, and so does Kyle Brandt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and you got to think... Derrick Henry's injured. Let's They're going to get the passing game going. There'll be an uptick in production from Ryan Tannehill. And that's probably true. However, 
Carson Wentz has been on the fantasy tariff late, guys. I don't care about interceptions to lose games and overtime, shim overtime. Carson Wentz has been awesome in fantasy. Over the last month, he's the seventh highest scoring quarterback, racking up more points than, get this, D'Angelo, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. He's now a quarterback one on the year. He's got the Jets this week. I love it. Short week, Thursday night football. You always, to Kyle's point, want to play somebody always. in every game. So I would give him the nod over Tannehill. Tannehill's got the Rams. They've allowed just nine touchdown passes, 11 interceptions to opposing quarterbacks. Bad matchup. Got to go with, gotta go with Wentz. It's incredible. And it's fun to start them in the Thursday night to get out to the lead. <laughs> we have a tweet also that reads, okay, do I start Baker Mayfield? Oh, I'm sorry. My eyes don't see that good. I think that says Justin Fields from Ultimate Football Junkie. Okay. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. Justin Fields uh-huh. hated watching the game, but I like the fantasy production. He had a 100-yard game on the ground. He was a mwah, chef's kiss top five fantasy quarterback for the first time this season. And I loved to see it. But you know what I don't love to see? That matchup at Pittsburgh. Woof, woof, woof. They are smoldering against opposing quarterbacks. Baker hasn't been great. He's been struggling lately, but I think they want to unleash the passing game a little bit, get it going, make a statement. And I do think game script-wise, it'll be a high-scoring affair against the Bengals. Their defense, maybe not as great as we all thought that it was. They've allowed a ton of points, guys. They've allowed the second-most passing yards in the entire league over the last month. So given the matchup, I would have to give Baker the nod over Justin Fields. I know it's tough. Is there an option Uh, C? (laughs) That person's team is not good. That person's team ain't winning this week. I don't know. They're trying to scrap back in. It's tough. Good running backs on that team. Yes. Great receivers. (laughs) Lastly, we have a tweet from Nick asking, with Chris Godwin on his bye this week, Do you start Justin Jefferson or Jalen Waddle? Isn't this just the craziest thing that here we are and this is what we're talking about? Jalen Waddle up against the kid who like put up 1,400 yards a week ago. That said, Justin Jefferson found himself outside the top 20 at wide receiver. He put up 21 yards, guys, against the the Cowboys last week. You can't start him. Waddle has been the 16th best receiver over the last month. He's got Tua back at the helm. He's got a nice matchup against Houston. I'm going to say Lee towards, man, this is hard to do. Jalen Waddle, I'm going to say, he's had success with Tua. Uh, Jefferson has the Ravens, tough against wide receivers, top 10 stiffest competition. Waddle's going to get, look, fun on how many targets he's had over the last three weeks, 33. 11 targets a game is pretty great. He's going to get the looks. Uh, Cousins needs to show me that he can feed him the ball consistently, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. It just has not happened. <laughs> You know, we spent all of last week debating if Packers-Cardinals was the biggest Thursday night football Mm -hmm. game of all time. This one feels even bigger already here in New York because the Jets are playing. We're one day away from that kickoff between the Colts and the Jets, and it is right here on NFL Network. Let's set the stage a little bit. We are bringing in a former Jet, a friend of the show, a seven-time proler, two-ball-time All-Pro, 10 years under center in New York City, and he shows up in seltzer commercials. Nick Mangold, what's up, Nick? (laughs) Morning, how we doing? Awesome. We got a Jets game tomorrow night. We can feel it. There's a little intensity here in the city. Nick, give us your take. Yeah, uh, first off, it's primetime. And so that's the exciting part. You know, these guys are going to be excited to play. Uh, Coming off that big win against the Bengals, um, which which everyone counted them out. So this one's going to be a big one for us. I'm intrigued to see how it's going to go. You know, will we be able to recreate that performance? You know, the Colts, I'm not high on the Colts right now. So I think this is a good opportunity for the Jets. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, we have our backup quarterback playing. 
Uh, everyone's trying to get better. The offensive line looked very much improved. Defense is playing great. Uh, I think they're really rallying around C.J. Mosley. So it, it's going to be a wild time, and it's going to be a great game, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Nick, let's talk about this quarterback controversy, which is brewing in New York right now. We saw Mike White shine in the team's surprising win over the Bengals in Week 8. Rookie quarterback Zach Wilson is still out dealing with that knee issue. When he returns, who do you think should be the Jets' starting quarterback? So I think that's a no-brainer. And I think right now, um, you know, Mike White is, is filling in. He's doing what he's supposed to do as a backup quarterback. And that's come in and replace quarterback, do well, hold the time until the, the starting quarterback comes back. Um, and so I think that's what's going to happen. You know, I think once get once Zach gets healthy, I think he'll come back in as the starter. Where they go from that, I, I don't know. But that's just how I see things going. Nick, I got to ask you again, can you show your mug one more time? We've what's been talking on? about this crazy yes. thing on our show about... There's a bet. It says you're my lobster. We've got multiple bets here on the show. If the Saints don't miss the don't make the playoffs, Kay Adams is gonna dress as a lobster. If Adrian Peterson doesn't have 80 yards, Kyle's gonna dress as a lobster. Yeah. If Adrian Peterson does have 80 yards, I'm gonna dress as a lobster. You've got you're my lobster. Were you watching the show when you when you chose that mug? No, it's a divine intervention. Uh, this is from Friends. <laughs> You're my lobster. And, you know, it was, it was the mug I grabbed out of the cabinet this morning. My wife got it for me uh, a couple years ago, and so keeps all my coffee and keeps me running. Take us inside the mindset of being an NFL center when you're facing a team that is going all in. So take you as a center here. They've got Aaron Donald. You've got Von Miller. Let's think about the Rams. When you're on an offensive line and another team goes out and gets all these pieces how does that feel to say, hey, we got to now protect against not only Vaughn, but Aaron Donald and, oh, Jalen Ramsey's in the back end, too? Yeah, it's going to be a tough task. You know, I think the big thing is, you know, when you're going against guys that are their premier uh, defensive linemen, you look to see how you can get double teams. Well, now, you know, you obviously you would take care of Aaron Donald. Now you got Vaughn Miller staring at you. So um, you got to split it up a little bit. It's going to make uh, – I think it's going to – one big thing that I think it's going to help for the Rams – is the fact that they are not going to have to blitz as much. You know, when you're able to get pressure just off of the defensive line, you're able to use those other guys in coverage. Um, you're probably going to see the interceptions roll up. Um, you're going to see, you know, that pass defense really being there because you know you can get after them with just the three or four guys in the front. Um, and as a center, I mean, you just, you got to hope for the best and, and hope your guys are able to go one-on-one -on -one, uh, with these incredible talents because you can't double everybody. And it's going to be a challenge for anybody going against the Rams. Nick Mangold, you will be joining us Woo! very soon. We got All news right. of this and we're excited. You're going to serve <laughs> as a guest host of Good Morning right. Football. So take this opportunity to put some things on your wish list. Are there certain segments? Are there certain things you need? Do you need oh, a right lobster here. mug on set? Tell us and tell our producers what Nick Mangold is looking for and what you would like out of the experience. Hey, I mean, if we're dressing up as lobsters, I'll come as a lobster. That sounds fantastic. It could be a good old time. I would like my own segment where I highlight offensive line. I think that would be fantastic. I'm still pushing for an offensive line channel. You know, we have the red zone for all the scores. <laughs> I want an offensive line-centric channel where you get to flip through and watch just the line. You don't follow the ball, and you get to see what the big guys are doing up front. Yes. Wow. <laughs> You're going to fit in, Nick, because you have this name that lends itself to wordplay a lot. Yeah, so there's going to be a segment about the rushing game. There's going to be like Mangold Rush and Mangold <laughs> Standard. It's going to be awesome. But it's Good Morning yeah. Football, and you'll be joining us maybe after a Jets win tomorrow night. Fingers crossed. You know, we, we got our hopes up. My man, Nick Mangold, you're the best. We'll see you soon, right here. Thanks, dude.
<laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good one. I do feel good about the fact that I we talked about. I think we talked about him mo mo way more than most national shows yeah, about him being a guy who's going to pop off potentially. It'd be fun to have him in studio. Especially Maybe he can bring us a toaster that's touch screen. That's the way in. That's the way in. We'll give you a scepter. See you guys tomorrow. The only way in the studio. You better bring a toaster. Good morning. Scan it on the security thing. I love you guys. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.